Minnesota Twins opening day roster projection 2.0 on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Thursday, March 31st, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. We are one week away from opening day. Twins opening, of course, with the Seattle Mariners at Target Field next Thursday, April 7th. Announced today that Joe Ryan will be the opening day starter. We'll get into that. We'll get into the Chris Archer signing and projecting this opening day roster for a second time. We did it for the first time last week. Of course, we'll be updated now on today's episode. Again, I'm Nash Walker. Writer at Twins Daily, been running at Twins Daily for over two years, been hosting this podcast for over two years. The numbers are booming, and it's because of you. Thank you so much. Twins this season, I think, if nothing else, will be super interesting. So uh, I'm really excited to be with, with you today and have been with you the last couple of years on this show and at Twins Daily and on Twitter at NashWalker9, the show at Lockdown Twins. It's It's been a blast. We're doing a Justin Morneau jersey giveaway. Uh, if you go to at Lockdown Twins on Twitter, all you're going to do is like the post, you got to follow Locked On Twins, and you have to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe to Locked On Twins on YouTube. If you are, hit the like button, leave a comment, let me know what you think about these videos and about what I say. If you disagree, if you agree, let me know, man. You're not gonna hurt my feelings unless you say something really mean, then you might hurt my feelings. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Chris Archer today first because I didn't get a chance to break down this signing. If you're wondering, you're watching on YouTube, you've watched me before, even if you're watching for the first time, you're like, dude, what's with the background? What's going on tonight? I'm on vacation. It's spring break. It's my final spring break. I'm a senior at Mizzou. I graduate next month. So um, that's why I didn't get around to the Archer the Archer episode. I had episodes lined up for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, and what are the Twins doing with their starting pitching? And it all got flipped on its head when the Twins signed Archer on Monday because it it's not a huge impact signing, but it does change the outlook for not only the opening day roster, but uh, certainly the rotation for opening day. So Chris Archer, I mean, first glance, Chris Archer is the guy I've always liked. I've always liked Chris Archer. He's always had good stuff. Fastball slider dominant, mid-90s fastball, hard 88, 89 with the slider. High spin, good slider. His best pitch is that slider, but it's working off that fastball. Fastball's up, slider's down and away. Death on righties, Chris Archer, uh, was great in Tampa. Unfortunately for Chris, he's going to be remembered more for the trade that sent him to Pittsburgh than how good he was before it because he was outstanding with Tampa Bay. He was an all-star pitcher, super durable, one of the best starters in the American League, just year in, year out, was very, very good in Tampa. And then they trade him to Pittsburgh for a package that is still mind-blowing, one of the worst trades we've seen in this, I would say, modern baseball. It was for Austin Meadows, who was outstanding in 2019, has kind of taken a step back, Tyler Glass now, who was an instant Cy Young candidate, and Shane Baz who looks like a, a frontline starter, came up through the race system. Now, the trade looks better for Pittsburgh now than it did a year ago when Tampa was in the World Series in 2020, and we're sitting there and we're saying, what in the world? Chris Archer, since the trade, hasn't been healthy, hasn't been very good when he is healthy, but it does have a lot to do with his health period. If he's healthy, if his fastball's in the mid-90s, there's videos of him in Arizona hitting the mid-90s, 93, 94, and his hard-biting slider is there with good command, 
he's going to get out to the major league level. He's as good as a number three, I think, even though he's 33 years old, has thrown only 16 innings in the last two seasons. I think it's 16 uh, last year for Tampa. So for him, I mean, there's it's an incentive-laden deal. It's a $2.5 million deal. There's, a I think, $750,000 buyout next year. So it's $2.5 million this year, 3.25 total, I believe. Uh, I think it's actually 2.75 this year, 3.5 total with $750,000 buyout. Bunch of incentives if he gets up his innings, if he pitches, you know, with a sub four ERA, there's a, there's a lot of incentives in there can reach somewhere around 10 million. The twins would, would love to pay that. I think it is a low risk signing, but I will say I am traumatized by these floor signings. And maybe I should look at this differently than I looked at Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker at the time. It was similar. It was we need innings for the back of the rotation. Here's a guy who's been good in the past. He's They've had some injury issues, whatever, have some problems. You know, teams didn't want them, dwindling peripheries. We're going to take a chance on them and, and use it as an opportunity, Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker, and it blows up in their face. I think with Chris Archer, it's along the, the same lines, but it's different because the stuff. Matt Shoemaker and Jay Happ have never had the stuff that Chris Archer's had. And Chris Archer, I think a lot of it is based around his health. If he's healthy, I think he's going to pitch very well for the Twins. But if is a big word there. He had thoracic outlet syndrome. He's had a lot of health problems in his career. And I think at this point, you're just hoping and praying that he gives you 100 innings. If he can give you 100 innings, that would be incredible. And the Twins would would really uh, benefit from that, I think, if he's healthy and he's throwing good innings. That's, that's another thing. Like, depth is not depth. Depth is good depth. So when we talk about depth, it means you have good depth, not just any other pitcher. And so I will say when this first broke, I like the I like Chris Archer, but my instant thought was, I don't know if I love pushing Josh Winder out of the rotation. I don't know if I love that. I thought I think he looks really good this spring. I thought he looked really good against the Red Sox. I know we shouldn't draw a lot from the spring, but just from a pure who do we think's better today standpoint. Josh Weiner could be better today than Chris Archer. Uh, I think maybe we get carried away on prospects. I'm not saying Josh Weiner's better than Frankie Montas at all, but I was a little skeptical because of what's happened before. And I made a promise to listeners. I was going to be skeptical of their moves this offseason because I wasn't as much last year. I talked myself into a lot of them. And I, I'm going to be skeptical because last year it fell apart so easily. And I'm seeing the same things again, like, the Twins have depth. They're, they're signing for depth. It's good depth. We don't know if Chris Archer's good depth. So it's not a risk-free signing. I would call it low risk. It's not risk-free. I'm not going to write home about it because of the injury issues. He just hasn't been that good in, in a handful of years. But it, I'm biased because I've always liked Chris Archer. I've always liked watching him pitch. I think he's a very good pitcher, was a very good pitcher. And I'm hopeful he can get back there. And I'm optimistic by nature, so I'm hopeful he can get back there. I'm just not sure if it's the risk-free signing everybody's kind of labeling it as or a lot of people are labeling it as because every start matters, especially for the Twins. With the volatile season, they're volatile. Like, every start is going to matter. Every game matters. It's going to be tight. You would think, like, the the difference between them being good and not not good, I think, is going to be around the margins honestly and they got to win around the margins this year and I, I wonder if giving those starts to Josh Winder is better for the team than saying hey let's see what we got with Chris Archer and and you know let's hope he gives us some innings at the beginning of the year that was kind of the plan with Matt Shoemaker 
Um, Jay Happ was a little bit different, signed as a clear number four starter. Shoemaker was more like, he's depth. Randy Dobnak, they're depth. We'll see what they can give us. And it clearly blew up in the Twins' face. A couple injuries all of a sudden, it, the rotation's in shambles. And I could, I could see that happening again. Let's talk about Joe Ryan announces the opening day starter after this word from Bet Online. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. It is Villanova, Kansas on the one side, and of course, Duke, North Carolina on the other in Coach K's final season. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs this weekend and your sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas Casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. You're going to want to play this weekend. Final Four, head over to BetOnline.net. Joe Ryan announces the opening day starter for the Twins. Right off the bat, I saw it and I thought, uh-oh, what's wrong with Sonny Gray? Right, why is he not starting? And I think it's he's not stretched out. He's not quite to the, the level that Joe Ryan is at right now. And for whatever reason, the trade had something to do with it, the offseason, the lockout, Sonny Gray's not built up right now. He hasn't pitched in a major league game all spring. He's not He's not built up to start next Thursday um, or to go more than, I don't know, 50 pitches. Hopefully the extra two days, because if you look at the twin schedule, it's that weird thing again. They had this last year. They play on Thursday's opening day next week. They have an off day Friday, and then they play Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all against the Mariners. So it's a four-game series, but they have an off day Friday in the middle of games one and two. So you could see Sonny go on Saturday. You could see uh, Ober go Sunday, and then Bundy go on Monday or Archer go on Monday, and you say Bundy for the Dodgers on Tuesday, although that doesn't sound um, super appealing to me. Bundy was okay today against the Red Sox, and overall this spring hasn't been good in the velocity department. Maybe he can get out, so let's not uh, – I don't know. I have him on the opening day roster. Joe Ryan's going to start on opening day. And if I, I just – I want you to think about it. I think about this. I should think about it more. What happens if the Twins do not get Joe Ryan last trade deadline? Like, I don't I don't know where they're at because if they didn't have Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober didn't break out, they would literally have zero players in their rotation going to this offseason. Zero. What are the odds of that? It would have been Randy Dobnak, and he's out now on the 60-day injured list. So they would have had zero. And instead, I'm not saying Joe Ryan's some ace. I'm not saying Bailey Ober's some ace. But they have a clear 3-4 in their rotation. I think Joe Ryan can be a good number three. I think Ober can be a good number three. So maybe, you know, on the high end, two number threes in their rotation instead of nothing. And I think Joe Ryan becoming a fan favorite is great as well. And I will also always go back to Nelson Cruz and how much he meant to the fan base, how much he meant to the franchise, and then the Twins trade Nelson Cruz for Joe Ryan. So he's going to forever be linked to Nelson Cruz, and hopefully Joe Ryan goes on to have a great career, and it starts with, you know, it started last year with those those five starts. But hopefully opening day is kind of the, the kickoff to what is a, a great rookie, full rookie season for Joe Ryan. And I think at bet online right now, he's 20 to one or 22 to one to win American league rookie of the year. He's in the top 10 the last time I checked. So hopefully opening day kicks that off for him. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect a hundred, 115 pitches from Ryan probably going to get through the order two times, see where he's at, you know, see where the pitch counts at. At that point, the Mariners have some tough hitters. Jesse Winkers in that lineup. Now Julio Rodriguez, a top prospect could make the team. 
know, they got some players over there, man. Uh, Jared Kalanick is a top prospect. Wasn't great last year, but could turn it on this year. Um, they certainly have some guys there and, and I think could could have a decent offense. So it's a good test for Joe Ryan. But as Rocco Baldelli said, he's earned it. And at this point, um, it's just exciting for him. It's exciting. Buried on Tampa's depth chart. I know it's been well documented, but buried on that depth chart and traded to the Twins and is starting on opening day for a team that thinks they're going to contend. So um, it's certainly exciting. With that, let's talk about our opening day roster. 2.0, I told you I'd give it to you. Next week, we're going to have my final opening day roster projection. Um, this has changed since last week. So if you look at the catcher situation, I think Ryan Jeffers, Gary Sanchez, Jose Godoy, I think all three could make the team. I have them all three making the team. Jose Godoy, career minor leaguer, uh, you know, third catcher, but I, I don't know how much Gary's going to catch. So, and the Twins have 28 roster spots. So uh, I think they have room for Godoy. Jose Miranda, Trevor Larnick were optioned to minor league camp. It was 50-50, I thought, whether Miranda was going to make the team at this point. I wasn't quite sure, but with the addition of Urshela, it's kind of that platoon bat, more glut at third base. It hasn't changed since Donaldson, um, but, you know, Gary Sanchez is going to DH a little bit. Miranda wasn't playing very much, and when he was, wasn't like he was at the top of the lineup for the Twins. I think that was kind of telling. Uh, so he gets option. That was more surprising than Larnick. Expected Larnick to start in St. Paul, but he was having a great spring, which is awesome. And uh, hopefully he's a quick call up for the Twins as soon as they need him and, and can step right in like he did last year and, and kind of continue on from that and not his second half last year. Uh, so I'm Jeffrey Sanchez, Godoy in the infield, Sano, Polanco, Correa, Urshelo, Arise, Gordon. I think that's pretty much set. Nick Gordon out of options. So I think going to make the team, good point there from Seth. Um, that Nick is out of options. In the outfield, Alex Kirilov in left, Buxton in center, Kepler in right. Fourth outfielder, I have Kyle Garlic, and he's not on the 40-man roster. Jake Cave is still in Major League Camp. Don't rule out Jake Cave making this team again, but the Twins need a platoon right-handed bat in the outfield, I think. And I think Kyle Garlic filled that role nicely before the sports hernia injury last year. Uh, would require someone to get moved off the 40-man, but I, I'm sure you can find someone to move off the 40-man for Kyle Garlic, uh, that is my outfield. Kirloff, Buxton, Kepler, Garlic, and Garlic is is platooning probably with Kepler. I would like Kirloff to start against righties and lefties. I think he can hit both. Kepler has proven, you know, outside of one season in 2019 that he's not able to hit left-handed pitching, so he should not be getting those abs. Starting pitchers: Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Chris Archer, Bailey Ober, Dylan Bundy. A little bit of a different look now. You've added Archer. Uh, you will notice Josh Weiner is no longer in for the starting pitchers. He's out. He was in last week at this time. Uh, that is no longer the case. So Gray, Ryan, Archer, Ober, Bundy. Again, I, I expect it to be Ryan, Gray, and Ober uh, in those first three games, and then maybe Archer in the fourth game and Bundy in that opener against the, the Dodgers on Tuesday. Um, so that's your rotation right now. They are missing a frontline starter. I will continue to say that. Hopefully I don't have to say it. Hopefully they prove me wrong early in the year, but – this rotation is clearly missing a frontline starter. And that doesn't mean that it can't be solid or be league average until the trade deadline, which I think should be the goal uh, to get to the trade deadline with a league average staff. I'm setting expectations at a reasonable level for this staff. And a reasonable hope is that they remain above water by the trade deadline because I'll be honest, and, and you probably feel the same way. It's not a great rotation on paper. You got two rookies who combined for 25 starts. You got Chris Archer, who hasn't been good in years. You got Dylan Bundy, who's coming off a six-plus ERA, and Sonny Gray, who's not built up for opening day. 
So the, the rotation is is not amazing right now. And I think it's it's hard to get super excited about it. But at the same time, I don't think that means it's going to be atrocious, like right out of the gate. I think, you know, Ryan has a chance to be good. Over has a chance to be good. Archer could bounce back. A lot of things could happen. And I know there was an article written about this. Uh, Dave wrote about it at twinsdaily.com. A lot of what ifs for this season. Like, what if Chris Archer turns back the clock? What if Joe Ryan really breaks out? What if it's more what ifs than it is solids? And I agree with that. Um, but that's that's the rotation. In the bullpen, Rogers, Duffy, Alcala, Theobar, Smith, Yoanderon, I think is a lock for the opening day bullpen. Devin Smeltzer, Cody Stashak, Jarrell Cotton, and Josh Winder. So Winder makes the team, and they talked about this. They haven't ruled out him as a long relief option. Listen, on Dylan Bundy, if Bundy has like two bad starts, you're on the hook for $4 million this year and a million-dollar buyout next year in Dylan Bundy. Something the Twins need to do early on. They didn't do last year, didn't really have the option to do because their, their system was injured. Frontline starters were injured in the system is – you have a short leash for these guys on one-year deals. You got to because you actually have legit options behind them. Like you have Josh Winder who's throwing 94 to 96 in spring training with a, a good slider and a good change and he's mid-20s and he's a you know homegrown prospect who's added velocity and added strength and has looked so good. You, you don't hold him back for Dylan Bundy. You just don't. And I'm not saying that means Bundy shouldn't make the team or you shouldn't give him a chance. He was very good in 2020. Maybe he can you know, tap into that slider a little bit more this year and, and hopefully provide some stability. But I, I get it. I get the depth portion. I'm a depth guy. I've been a depth guy for a long time. Last year proved to me that bad depth is not depth. Dylan Bundy, if he's bad, isn't rotation depth. Chris Archer, if he's bad, is not adding rotation depth. That's not depth. That's just bad. So that's the that's the bullpen. I think Duran's a lock. Uh, Winder, I think, that's a spot to watch. I would love to see him make the team, but uh, maybe it would be better to have him stretched out at AAA. It, it needs to be said, though, he still can be stretched out. We talk about this hybrid role for Duran. You could do that for Winder as well. You could have him start some games, throw 60 pitches. You could have him come in in a third inning when someone has a short start. You could have a piggyback with Bundy early in the season. Bundy goes through the lineup once, Winder goes through the lineup twice, and now you're in the seventh inning. You can do things like that. That's my opening day roster. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Twins. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. They'll make your second listen Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Next week is opening day week. I can't wait. I'll join you then. I'm going to be in Vegas this weekend for the Final Four, uh, getting ready for opening day. Five days a week on the Locked On Twins podcast. Join me then. Thanks so much.